Welcome to the Millwall Football Fancast. This is show number two on the new platform, which you can find on www.footballfancast.com. And coming up on this show, we've got Lions legend Joe Crawford Sr. talking about his dream team, as well as that, we've got David Yule of the Southwark News giving us a rundown on exactly what happened against Walsall. We know we lost 3-0, but let's find out how. Plus, we've got news on Millwall's plans for the January transfer window. The only place for Millwall fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. Okay, we've got Dave Yule on the phone. He's coming back from the Bescott Stadium. No festive cheer to bring us, though, is there, Dave? Certainly isn't, mate. It's uh, going to be a gloomy old Christmas with a performance like that. Um, it was that bad? It was a series of sort of defensive errors, really. Um, the side just didn't look up to it. The side didn't look up to scratch. Um, the sort of passion and commitment that we, we, we've come to expect just didn't seem to be there today. And uh, once, once one or two mistakes were made, um, you know, the, the heads dropped and there was just no way on earth for any, anyone there was ever going to be a comeback. Um, possible, like, selection issues, um, you know, and Jacket did his best to sort of try and change things around but he just didn't really have the resources to work with I mean missing pace like a hole in the head at the moment um, obviously Hoskins going back um, Jay getting himself you know sent off and suspended uh, for this one game um, we, we started with with Bayo and Gary Alexander up front with you know Harris on one wing and um, was it Scott Barron on the other Barron, Barron on the left so I mean we, we just really just were struggling uh, to find any sort of creativity or or much to go on. I mean, there was a couple that we went for the aerial route most of the time, and there was a couple that we mud downs from from you know Gary and Bayo to each other. The other one then strike took a strike at goal, but that was literally what we were limited to. Um, you know, dallying on the edge of the box and just sticking a toe in that it open it goes goalwards. And I mean, we were unlucky. I mean, we had about five opportunities before they scored. Um, you know, strikes at goal, um, two whistled just past the post. Bayo come close. Uh, to open in his account, but it, we just really no creativity, um, giving the ball away in, in poor positions. Um, you know, Dave Bremer looking for the killer ball, um, which sort of one in six pays off. But I mean, I don't know at this level whether we can sacrifice losing the ball from our key midfielder. You know, more often than not, really. We got subbed, um, didn't he, uh, Bremer? Was he it? come off. He, yeah, he was it an injury or tactical? He got. He got. Um, he got a knock in the eye in the first half, oh, okay. um, and he went off uh, and tried that stitched up. Um, and while he was off the pitch, the six or seven minutes they scored the opener. So um, there was quite a bit of sort of questions for Jacket afterwards about why we why he was off the pitch for so long, and did he not think about making a change? But he sort of made a reasonable one like statement that you know that the medical team thought they could get him back, and he come back on and sort of carried on as he was before. Uh, he didn't seem to be affected by it at all. And then on about the hour mark, 65 minutes or so. Um, he came off along with Danny Sender, with uh, Jacket trying to put a little bit more of a uh, bit, bit more energy in the midfield. He brought Fusini on, who, who ran his heart out, and Shaw made a, a welcome return. Uh, we went into three-five-two because um, Jacket was trying to sort of find some width from somewhere, um, but it just wasn't to be today, really. So no bright moments really for Millwall in that game. Nothing, no, no, no real, nothing to really sing home about. Um, Lenny Pidgeley had, you know, as good a game as a goalkeeper can have when they've lost three 0 But he made two or three really good saves, uh, tipping two over the bar from like long range efforts, and then saving a point blank, point blank save, uh, stopping old uh, Tommy Mooney getting his hat trick. 
Um, but again, Millwall sort of conceded three three goals for the second time on the bounce. Um, you know, real defensive issues. Kenny Jackett was talking after the game about you know not being strong enough and not winning enough headers, and I think that's certainly certainly true. Um, there was uh, Preston Edwards was on the bench. Um, he seems to be getting closer and closer to the first team availability. Um, spoke to Tony Burns in the week, the goalkeeping coach, and he says that he's he's ready. You know, he's mature enough and he's ready. So I'm not sure if he's you know due to replace Lenny Pidgeley, but I'm I'm certainly sure that he's all there or thereabouts in terms of stepping in if he's needed. Well, it's a good job Lenny's playing well then. Um, well, he's done uh, well. He's getting better. Um, yeah. I think Lenny had a terrible, a terrible return. Um, at Leeds and sort of the subsequent games he's sort of been growing in confidence um, he didn't marshal the defence in the way that he has done when he's been at home recently um, last couple of games um, and you know the, the, one, one of the goals was, was due to, to Bignett um, you know intercepting a pass having the ball at his feet and um, you know not knowing whether to hump it clear or to play it back to Lenny or what to do and then Zach Whitbread sort of got in his way and Bignett sort of made a half-hearted sort of play back to Lenny, um, which Mooney sort of just got on the end of and rounded the goalkeeper to tap in to make it two. And that sort of like killed the game off. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's Lenny's fault by any means. Yeah. More assertion and, and sort of marshalling his lines a little bit more. He could have uh, maybe averted it. Yeah, you have to say, with those sort of incidents, often the keeper's to blame for uh, perhaps calling for the ball and then going back. But obviously I wasn't there, so I couldn't, couldn't comment on that. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure if that that sort of thing. But you know, you'd, you'd expect a sort of Peter Schmeichel to be effing and blinding and going red in the face, asking the, his, his defender to come clear, get it out, clear it, stop pissing about. But um, there was no sort of real communication, and Bignett sort of ended up just tapping it back into the path of, as I say, Mooney. So how about Akin Fenwa? Has he uh, lost any weight yeah, or did he lasted? He, not he lasted well. Um, yeah. he, I think he came off of about eight minutes to go. Um, and I didn't expect him to last that long, um, but he's such a handful. So I'm telling you, he's such a handful. Yeah. I mean, no, I believe not, it. And in just character. the cameo appearances to me, he yeah, looks like yeah. He I mean, he's nick not, a goal here and there. Yeah, and he, he sort of he has got he has got you know with the ball at his feet, he's got no pace, um, but he's tough to get the ball off. And you know, he, he does link the play up well. He gets the wide men involved when he can, um, and he has a, a good old shot. Yeah, yeah. You, you said he went quite close to scoring as well. Oh. At one point, yeah. yeah. Was that yeah, the yeah. closest Millwall got to scoring when when he had a shot on goal? And it, and it there was that one, and Gary Alexander came close as well with, with an almost identical thing. But this one, like the ball was just stuck under his feet, and he managed to sort of with the, with the big old legs he's got, he managed to foot, get an enormous amount of uh, power out of the, out of the shot and um, troubled the goalkeeper. Um, like the goalkeeper was beaten, sorry, and it sort of whistled past the post. Um, but I know he's got a lot more to do. He's got a lot more work to do. Um, I would still say he needs to lose about a stone or so. He'd tell you that it's all muscle, and I'm sure that it is, but he's just he's just not mobile enough to to to, to, to cause the damage that he should be. And I think Gary Alexander profits from having another big lad up there. Um, I mean, he doesn't have to do as much of the sort of you know front man stuff. But yeah. at the end of the day, so Gary's dirty now. Work. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But I mean, Gary's still not producing the goods. Um, obviously, no, through no fault of his own in terms of his commitment and determination but you know we, we need to start getting some getting some goals from our forwards and we certainly can't rely on these two playing together up front without the likes of Jay Simpson on the wing um, you know and the, the ever returning Ryan Smith and Chris Hackett you know at the end of the season obviously 
When's Ryan Smith uh, due back? Um, I'm hoping, well, we've heard rumours that it may be in the next month or two, um, but Chris Hackett's certainly out for the year, but I was, I was just referencing it, saying, you know, the only way you can play with those big two centre-forwards is if they have, do have someone that can break the line um, with, with, with a bit of pace. And we're talking um, about wingers, what about Peter Sweeney, because he, he was playing against Millwall, perhaps for the first time, I'm not sure. But, I think um, it was the first time. Yeah. Um, he looked phenomenal. He looked, he looked really good. He looked like mustard above, above a lot of the rest of the players. Yeah. Um, him and Mooney were, were, were the shining, shining light um, today. Um, he, he got the ball well, neat play, great set piece. Um, you know there were you know problems with him keeping hold of the ball a little bit sometimes at Millwall, not releasing quite often enough. But I think that's that's been eradicated from his game. Um, he, he used the ball very well um, and was a threat, a constant threat down, down to, to Danny Sender to start with, and then in the second half to uh, to Marcus Bignett. Yeah, so Sender was playing right back, is that correct? Cause when he, I started, at him, yeah. he started uh, He started right back. Yeah. And, um, no, sorry, he started, yeah, he started right back and then moved to um, sort of like a right wing back almost. Um, yeah. Having played, started, like, then at the start of the second half, he was left back. So um, they're certainly, you know, moving things around in terms of the full-backs while we still wait for, for Frampton to return. Um, but, you know, Zoom, Bakayoko was, was was sitting on the bench. Um, he looked a little bit frustrated, if, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I think that, you know, he, he, he should have been used as an outlet of pace. Um, having lost the players that we had lost, obviously Hoskins going back on loan, Jay Simpson on suspension, I think Zoom would have been ideal just to have thrown on the left, left-hand side, even left-back on left midfield. I think he would have certainly created more problems than Barron. Um, I didn't think he had a great game, but I think you know he did. He did. He did a shift. Um, you know, he's, he's never going to be a world beater down that left-hand side, but he did put a couple of decent balls in, which I suppose is what what was asked of him. Um, I just feel that you know any pace that we had at the club, even the cleanup should have been should have been on in, in the absence of the boys that we got missing. And have you heard anything about this Gary Bowes, who uh, went up with the squad but uh, wasn't selected? He went up, uh, he's a, supposed to be a pacey winger, 18 years of age, and uh, um, he's supposed to be um, pretty quick. But, um, is he the I've youngster? Seen him. Yeah. He, Gary think, Null? Uh, I thought it was Gary Bowles or something like that. Bowles. Uh, well, I know that Gary Null has been, been knocking the goals in for the, for the academy side. Oh, okay. Um, and there was, there was, it, was a, it was quite a busy bench. There was two or three there, um, including our Trinidadian um, centre-back. Oh, Brett Sancho, um, when do they recommend Sancho was there. to play? I'm not sure. He, he, he didn't look too bad in the sort of pre-match warm-up, but, I mean, fitness is obviously a lot different to match fitness, but, yeah. you know, he, look, he looks quite agile and he looks, you know, quite commanding. Um, as I say, Richard Shaw returned, um, made it the last 25 minutes, um, so I'm not sure how how much Sancho is going to be required, but, um, yeah, it, it was a busy, busy, busy bench with... Lots of people there, so I think there was two or three of the academy sort of maybe made the journey. And what about Ross Gaynor? Do they consider him a midfielder now? This is what I keep hearing. Yeah, I mean, he's I always think, been a striker. Right, yeah, I think he's you know every time I've seen him be used this this season uh, since he's returned from Fisher um, has been sort of in the centre midfielder on the left. He came on in the middle today um, just to tighten things up. I think after you know, obviously things not going too well. I think they say he's got an eye for a pass. I mean, he, he, he I'm looks not quite, enough of him to say that myself. Yeah, he, he looks quite. He looks very comfortable on the ball. Um, 
quite quite assured of his of his ability. Um, I'm not quite sure he's ready ready for Mill first team, um, but obviously with the ten people still out plus Jay um, in the treatment room, you know, you know, needs must. And I think that you know he is, he is a capable enough player, but I don't think the likes of him, Scott Barron, um, would be would be in the first team come come the time when the full squad is back. Yeah, I can understand that. What about some of those players that have been loaned out, like Gavin Grant? There was talk about him possibly coming back. He's only got a couple of goals for Greys, hasn't he, in the time he's been been away on loan for them. And then there's always Chris uh, Forrest Gump Zabrowski. <laughs> talk about him coming back, but um, I've got the feeling that's not going to happen for one reason or another, but I don't know the details behind it. Oh, yeah, 11 goals in 20 odd games for Torquay, it's not bad going. And he, he did look very impressive in the, the FA Cup game against. Um, Yeovil, um, a local derby that, that Torquay come out on top. Um, yeah, you know he seems to be doing the business there, and you sort of it is a position that I reckon that, that Kenny will be looking at. Kenny and John Berrelson, the chairman, will be looking at in in the January market. But it, I think with some loan deals, I mean, some of them you can't recall. Yeah, and um, might be some of them are there. I think he, I think Zabrowski one maybe one that. Um, I mean, uh, I'm sure that with Torquay's agreement, you can. You know, get him back for a month and then you know let him go back down to the to the Westerners. But um, I think that you know you can't just automatically take 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 him back um, in certain deals. Have you heard anything about Peter Vincenti? You know the guy we brought in from um, Jersey, the yeah, Channel he, Islands. He, he has been um, he's been in, in and around training, um, as far as I'm aware. Um, I'm not sure how close to sort of. Um, match fitness or you know preparation he is um, but I think I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he made the reserve game this week um, I'm almost certainly made the reserve game this week um, and so yeah he's sort of getting get, getting closer to, to, to where they want him um, I think it is a sort of still quite a big assessment period um, for, for, for Kenny for a lot of the players I mean Scott Barron that was the first time that Jacket's seen him um, since he's been there um, you know, and he started him in the midfield. So, I mean, he, his assessment of him has obviously come on leaps and bounds, and I think everybody's sort of just been that, to be honest. Um, I think Bayo will need to do a little bit more to prove himself. Yeah. But he sort of seems to have the heart and the commitment to to the cause, which is what Kenny's after. So I think he, he needs to work a little bit harder before he gets offered his, his permanent contract. And Armit Berkovic, do you know how long his hamstring's going to keep him out for? Well, apparently it is, yeah, it's a sort of something that's gone um, into the nerve of his hamstring. Um, you know, if it, he needs any sort of uh, operation on that, then it's going to be it's not going to be good for the club. But hopefully, it's something that just needs rest and a little bit of recuperation over over the Christmas period. Real fans, real opinions. Yeah, and just one final question, Dave. Um, do you think Mill was going to be busy in the transfer market come January? Um, I certainly expect so. Um, I should think that, there, that, that there'll be a lot of phone calls uh, come, come the, 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 the break of the transfer window. I expect that many of them be ongoing as we speak, uh, with Mr. Jacket trying to trying to secure some sort of idea of who's, who's available. Um, although no deals can be done obviously until until the first of January, um, a lot of managers will be sounding out who, who who and how much and who's available for loan, etc. etc. Um, I think Jamie Harris' performance for Tottenham this morning um, over their rivals Arsenal was almost certainly ruled out any chance of a return to the den. Um he, he, he you know, was really making making moves at, at Spurs, um, which would obviously be 
that one crossed off the list, and you know Kenny Jacket will have to look elsewhere for that. Yeah, we've got that, no that, chance that to get him now. <laughs> he's oh, uh, set think. up two goals in uh, three games, and that's just yeah. cameo appearances. And then he started for the first time against he's Arsenal, today. so I think that's it. We can rule that one out now. But yeah, um, I think I think Kenny's definitely highlighted that. You know, he said to me, um, you know, he's got three or two or three, maybe four players uh, in each of the positions that he's looking to strengthen. So, you know, that, that individual might not just be a specific blow. Um, it doesn't mean that we won't be buying anybody. Um, he's earmarked a wide man, a pacey man, uh, whether that means sort of a centre-forward or whether it means, you know, bringing in someone to play on the wing that would release um, the likes of sort of Neil Harris and Jay Simpson to get back to playing up front and hopefully providing some of the goals that the Mill so desperately need. Um, and and is he, he, he going to have a lot of money to spend? Sorry to interrupt there. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a. It's a. Uh, you a know, fortune. bottomless. I don't think yeah. it's a bottomless pot. Um, but Mr. Berrison told me that that Kenny's being tighter with the money than than Mr. Berrison is because Kenny's very concerned with with not overspending and buying needlessly. Um, he's very cautious. He's got. He's, he's earmarked the players. I think he wants. He's keeping them cards very close to his chest, and he's put a valuation on what he thinks those players are worth and what he'd be prepared to pay up to. Um, and I don't. I don't see us breaking the bank too magnificently with, with the number of injuries due to come back in the coming months. Um, I do expect that, you know, some money is to be, to be spent and I do expect that there's money there to spend. Um, it's just has and when and how bold Mr Jacket wants to be. Um, whether he's seen enough of the players that he's got to know that he wants to replace them. I mean, should he decide that he needs a new creative midfielder? Um, and, you know, that's sort of pretty much... If he does buy one in January, that pretty much means that he's not, not seen what he wants from, from the likes of Dave Bremer. Um, with Spiller due to come back hopefully sometime in the beginning of February after his latest setback um, maybe, maybe there's something there for him to, to get his teeth into um, but certainly something will need to be done in January because the, the, the squad that we've got at the moment just aren't capable of, of, of going anywhere in this league at the moment OK, I'm with Joe Brawford Senior at the Den. It's um, early doors at the moment. We're just uh, having the first pint, so it's not too noisy in here. But um, Joe Brawford Senior, you're going to give us your um, dream team of all the players you played with to start with. Well, I've got to give it to... Um, I start with the goalkeeper. and I, Although I played with Alex Stepney, I'm going to give it to Reg Davis because I played over 100 games with Reg and he was called the Cat. And he was some keeper. He, he was responsible. I think we went 19 games once without getting beat start of the season. Might have been a club record. Might still be. Uh, so he gets a goalkeeper in front of Stepney because when Stepney first played, when he was a lad of 20, he came out and dropped a few crosses and it caused us a few, um, you know, uh, unhappy days, losing one nil at the Den and things like that. But he soon learnt from his errors and obviously became a great goalkeeper. But uh, the best one I played with Reg Davis. So Reg Davis in goal, right back. Uh, the only one guy springs to mind was um, Johnny Gilchrist. He was a tenacious Scottish, broad Scottish accent, and a real character in the dressing room. And I remember him scoring a great goal against Bristol City once. Uh, our, our, I think it was our first away game of the season, and he smashed one in for about twenty. He could he could kick a ball. And he was a, a really good defender. And of course, on the left back, we got the late great Harry Cripps. Well, Harry. Um, Let's say the crowd covered up Harry's uh, deficiencies. I don't think any winger hardly ever got past him at the the den. If they did, they either ended up over the brick wall at one end of the ground or the side of the ground, and and they never did it again. 
and he used to get away with it in those days and uh, he really used to lift the crowd and lift the place so um, Harry Cripps was the man for me at left back even though I suppose there were better there'd been better players at left back. he was he was uh, the crowd favourite makes a hell of a difference um, I'm going to pick the old W formation I think I'll have to because it's the only way I can get in the team uh, and uh, because uh, obviously I played 250 games for Millwall so I didn't see many other people on the right wing uh, we'll come to that in a minute midfield Dave Harper my old mate played right half for England schoolboys and right half for Millwall also had a spell at centre half but right half was his position Dave was a good passer of the ball good football brain and he had a terrific engine on him he could run one end pitch to the other all day long but he had a problem with injuries uh, shame that played his career because he was a great player and he would have done a lot more in the game if he hadn't had these bad injuries and one of his bad injuries was at a place called Accrington I always remember we won the game 4-1 and he got badly injured that day and um, the game was expunged because they dropped out the league a few weeks later it's just sad but we won the league that year anyway so it didn't make a lot of difference so I'd have him at right half um, centre half I'd have to have Brian Snowden he was a real solid rock captain of the team when we went all those games without nothing flamboyant about him just solid and reliable and he didn't do anything stupid and then Tommy Wilson who was a bit more flamboyant um, I always nagged Tom about the two own goals he gave away that cost us our um, well they weren't own goals they were passbacks actually that cost us uh, the unbeaten run against Plymouth and he also did the same against Spurs uh, the same year pass back that was intercepted but overall he was a tremendous player and uh, a good foil for uh, Snowy which would give you a terrific uh, both good in the air especially especially Brian well they're both I mean Wilson was 6'2 I think uh, but he was a classy Scottish I think he was left footed as well which helps so that's uh, my midfield three uh, I need one more in midfield I'd, I'd probably put our, our left winger in the left um, being um, I'm trying to think of our tr- man he's still at the den Billy Neal Billy Neal yeah he's, uh, he's a lovely left foot and he could play wide or in, close it inside if he wanted in Monday foot we did that under Benny Fenton but he was a left winger with a lovely left foot and, uh, uh, and a nice pass for the ball so we played Billy on the left wing then you'd have a right winger like me who'd tear away took a long time to learn the game but I played a lot of games and scored a lot of goals for Millwall but uh, uh, as Peter Burridge who's in my team will tell you I used to open the gates when I was 19, 20 before no one ever told me to look up and slow down I just used to tear down the wing and and uh, sometimes get them over and sometimes I didn't but um, so we had me on the right wing Billy Neal on the left wing Burridge as our top goal scorer with a tremendous left foot some wonderful half volleys he scored or just hitting the ball from 25 yards he was in the back of the net before the keeper moved so Peter Burridge is a a, a main striker and then I'd have two uh, sort of uh, other players in the side Pat Terry centre forward heading everything to everybody and fighting for everything he was a real strong player and around him I'd have um, uh, Lynn Lynn Julian he's a uh, very skillful good in the air but not as strong and powerful as Pat Terry but subtle and clever so you'd have the brains if you like and the brawn together with Peter Burridge supplementing who scored the goals could he score goals I mean these other two scored their goals but Peter Burridge got 35 I think uh, most anybody ever got in one season Football Fancast is pleased to announce the launch of the new Fancast blogs. 
Check out the latest opinions and news from the FFC journalists and pod jockeys at footballfancast.com. Thanks for staying with us right to the end on this Millwall Football Fancast. We'll be back with you, of course, next week. And if you want your comments to be featured on the next podcast, just go to the banter section on www.footballfancast.com. See you next time. You've been listening to the Millwall Football Fancast. Log on at footballfancast.com and get involved.